Welcome to the Surly Horns Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 3, and what a show we have for you today. Our agenda is packed full of fun stuff. RGB3, how you doing today? I am living, sir. I got a brisket on the smoker. Uh, I'm about to go shoot some pigs at a buddy's house uh, tomorrow, so uh, life is good. Oh, man. What kind of boots? Did you get some pointy boots? Are you still wearing... Uh, what, what boots were you wearing when you trimmed the brisket up? Hey, you know what? I got my square toes. Um, I love those. They're ostrich. Uh, but I do have my gaiters. They're always there that are... That, that, don't worry. They're pointy for you for you nerds. Um, that <laughs> somehow think that I'm going to be riding a horse here in the Woodlands, Texas in the next fucking two years. Uh, so, yeah, brisket's, brisket's good. Just salt and pepper. Let's go. All gas, no breaks. That's it. So let's talk about one of the funniest things that I've seen on the internet. Just kind of hands down. We had an amazing contribution to the Surly community this week. And it was one of the Hitler dub videos. Just perfect. And it was just perfect. Uh. I didn't know Hitler could be so funny, so <laughs> I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but uh, I've, I've seen Jojo Rabbit, and this was funnier than that. Uh, that I think that's the fastest uh, rep gain I've I've seen out of anybody, except for obviously Thujone and his great return um, whenever he came back, but this guy racked up 130-some-odd rep in no time. Yeah, I think he had a hundred to start. So, and yeah, speaking of Thujon, I can't wait to put Tom Herman uh, office space on a on a t shirt and sell that bad boy. Oh yeah, that's going to be a good shirt for sure. All right, so what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk a little bit about Pruitt and uh, the shit show that that has become very quickly. Yeah, McDonald's back. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about the new defensive coordinator hire, the, the name TBD, how to pronounce it. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we're going to speculate a little bit. Uh, we're going to put our best 995er impression on and talk about things that we don't know on who the last hire is going to be. Talk a little bit about the transfer portal, talk a bit of recruiting, and then we're going to reach deep into the mailbag and answer some fun questions that the community's asked. So let's uh let's dive right in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what is going on in Tennessee? <laughs> what what a shit show. Uh, I mean, I got to say it gives me a little pause. Um, you know, we I guess Pruitt decided that he saw how Saban wanted to run things with recruiting and um, I cannot imagine for the life of me that Nick Saban was handing out McDonald's bags full of cash to recruits on trips, but, uh, here, here they are. What, what was he thinking? I mean, it, I, I thought, oh, maybe it's a little bit of some shady stuff and everybody kind of knows about the bag game and like, maybe he got caught in some weird, this is just straight, straight dumb. It's, it's too it's too the game is too easy. I mean, you have Dabo Swinney running shit through a church. Uh, you Jeremy Pruitt, you're you literally just got to go to McDonald's and get in hot get a hot and spicy so you can give somebody two hundred k. Like, what's what's the game? I, I I don't understand it. And my favorite thing about this is is Tennessee. They they knew what was going on. Everybody in administration knew what was going on. The only reason they did it is because they just. He's a fucking shit ass coach. He's terrible. <laughs> so they're like, oh, we can just start an investigation with all this information that we literally already know and just not have to pay a buyout. Great. Then we got Peyton Manning running the coaching search. Oh, yeah, that'll work. That'll, oh, that'll go great. weird, weird <laughs> way to get that going. Yeah, that'll go great. Let's ask Vince Young who we should hire as the next head coach. Let's let him <laughs> be in charge of our next head coach. He, he should be. Yeah. He, he's real good at picking coaches. He, and decision-making, of, of course. Yeah, of course. 
so what does this mean for Tennessee? Are we going to see just like a mass exodus of players? What's going on? looks like it's already started. I know they have a couple of their biggest, highly recruit, highly rated guys that they recruited um, already asking out of LOIs. And then um, I know Eric Gray, their running back, um, which there is mutual interest with Texas currently. Um, he's in the transfer portal. A couple of their five-star linebackers are in the transfer portal. Uh, it looks like, hey, get out while the getting's good. Um, I know they, they just... Um, hired a new AD from uh, UCF. So who knows where they really end up going with a search uh, for a new head coach, but what, what the hell are they doing? Why did they hire Kevin Steele? I... What the fuck? So they fucked themselves. Cause Gus Malzahn would be sick. That'd be a great hire. Just easy. Easy, easy. Or Hugh freeze. But of course, but now you hired the shithead who got him fucking fired at Auburn. And you definitely can't hire Gus Malzahn. Otherwise, or or you can, and then he he'll just fire Kevin Steele for the second time this season. Yep, pretty much. And I I yeah, I don't get that. I mean, they they hired him like a week before this investigation started. So what's the end game here? Like, is is he gonna I, be maybe in? Kevin Steele is just position? Like, maybe he's already in, and he's like, hey, why don't you? Because he's already interim. Why don't you just? Maybe he's interviewing for the job. Yeah, I guess so. And I guess maybe he even had some kind of promise. Hey, you'll be our interim. We can't promise you the long-term job, but we promise you an interview kind of deal. And I don't know. I know the uh, UCFAD was actually, I can't remember if he was at Buffalo or not, but he hired Buffalo's head coach. And I guess they're looking at him now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But um, did you hear the the quote from Phil, Fulm- Phil Fulmer? No, I didn't. What did he say? Oh, my God. In the exit interview, like the day after it happened and right before he resigned and he um, they one of their 995ers asked and said, hey, uh, Phil, what did, what did you enjoy the most about Jeremy Pruitt's tenure? And he said, well, the, the recruiting was really good. So, <laughs> I better fucking well have been. Oh, my God. You think when you're when you're handing out a, a supersized bag of cash? Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing the recruiting was pretty damn good. So good old good old Turtle Tom's on the market. You think they'll yeah. give Tom a, a, a look? So last word on the street was he wants to take another year off. And but I think it's funny that I, I, I see all these people on Tennessee boards and stuff, and they literally want to hire Tom Herman. Good fucking luck, little UT. I don't understand. Uh, so I've got a, a pretty good friend of mine who his wife went to UT. He went to Texas and she went to Tennessee. And I just, you know, I would feel so sorry for him because he's had to watch Tennessee football with his wife and it's just been trash. Ugh. And to have like this exciting thing going on at Texas, you, you know, you want your spouse to also be excited, but then to, if they hired Tom Herman to just never get rid of that stink, you just like want that out and you just can't get rid of it. Can't leave your household. I I, I feel, I mean, it's, it, you know, things are bad at your school when Texas fans are feeling sorry for you. <laughs> I mean, we haven't had a good run of it in the past 11 years. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've had, they've had the worst run. I mean, that's there. I mean, them in Nebraska, are just fucked yeah i mean i can get way into that with with scott frost i still can't understand how that hasn't worked out for him i mean he was so good at ucf and you can't make it make it there at nebraska like what the hell i don't know what's going on i don't know what's going on at these 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 prestigious programs but you could say the same thing about you know texas and michigan you know underachieving not winning big 10 or or Big 12 championships and blah. But that's way different than what's going on at Nebraska and Tennessee there. Those programs are uh, like on life support. Yep, for sure. And I mean, I, w- I was a firm believer in 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 the Tom Herman hire too. So I, I'm, I, I can't really speak too much more on that. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just crazy. Um, it's, well, you thought, you thought you could come in from Cougar High? Oh, I, I was the dumbass I believed. And even when Corby fucking Meekins and Derek Wareheim got off the plane with him, I still believed. But um, I think that was just me drinking too much Kool-Aid. And now I'm experiencing the hangover. So time to chug some more. Little hair of the dog. <laughs> I was hungover 
all day today. I was celebrating into last night. It was a, it was a good time. Yep. Yeah, that's why the uh, podcast might be a little delayed, but hey, we're here. We're recording. That's all that matters. Yeah. So let's talk about this hire that came out of fucking nowhere. Nobody knew about it except for on a computer. Yep. Yeah, the the, the football brainiacs knew about it and um, somehow Surly sourced it out. They figured out from these vague cryptic posts from the football brainiacs that said, um, you know, he's an experienced guy. He's not on anybody's radar. Um, he's a good coach that people wouldn't expect. Um, you haven't heard the name before. And here we are with Coach Pete Kawasaki. Kablinski. Kablinski. Yeah. Kapowski. It's it's. How do we say it? Is it so? We've heard two ways: quiet, quiet cow ski, quite cow ski, or quit cow ski is what the media guy at the University of Washington said. So, do we really know? I guess we're gonna Let's find out. Let's just call him PK. We're absolutely gonna call him PK. There is absolutely no name that I'm gonna spell out like that. I mean, between Sarkeesian and Quitkowski or Quiet Kowski. Not a chance. Not a. Ch- I mean, imagine being drunk at DKR and trying to say those words. Yeah, but this guy, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive stats that this guy's got on his resume. And I wonder why we weren't talking about him way before uh, this. It's- really, I know. I mean, the biggest thing is I didn't think it was possible. This guy is a Northwest guy. Just straight Anything to the bone. Is possible. <laughs> I mean, really, at the end of the day, I mean, I was shocked by this. I know the name. You know, I watch enough football to, you know, you know the name, you know, about him and Jimmy Lake and kind of what's gone on behind the scenes with that, where, you know, Jimmy Lake had to be promoted to co defensive coordinator because Saban wanted to hire Jimmy Lake as defensive coordinator for Alabama. Um, that was after bringing it back to Pruitt after Pruitt left. So, um, so everybody knew of PK's name and how much of a study is, but nobody ever thought that he would ever leave Washington. Honestly, he left from Boise state, went to Washington. Um, and people thought he was basically just going to die there at some point because he has no interest at all in being a head coach. Um, that comes from all the Washington, Washington folks that I've heard. They think he just wants to just dial up defenses for the rest of his life. Um, and here we are at it. I mean, he's in the pac 12 and he's holding these pac 12 teams that can score to uh, pretty absurdly low numbers. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. He hasn't given up more than 35 points in a game in seven years, seven years. Crazy. And that's going against guys like, uh, leech in at Washington state. I mean, let me, yeah, let me where he was putting 50 burgers on basically everyone, at least oh, 40 yeah. burgers every every time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when you have Gardner Minshew leading the nation in passing, and th- these are the points that he gave up um, against, or Mike Leach scored against PK. 2014, his first year, 13. 2015, he gave up 10 points. Next year, 17 points. Next year, 14. And the year before Leach left for Mississippi State, 15 points. So he's never given up more than 18 points to the Mike Leach air raid. Do you think that'll play pretty well against Lincoln Riley? I think it's going to be a pretty, going to be pretty good. And I think Texas with Stark's offense can score a whole hell of a lot more than 21 or 35 points every game. Yep. I mean, all you got to do is score 36. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's crazy. So it turns out that we were both wrong on what the best defense is. The three-man front, the four-man front, old fucking news. What are we running this? Two-man. Two-man. Let's go. Let's get less. I can't wait till we run a a (laughs) 1-5-5. Let's run a a one-man front. How the fuck does this defense work? So... It's interesting. So it's they call it a two four five, but it's not really uh, because they have two linebackers that are 
outside linebackers in name there. He calls them the Jack and the X. Um, but they're basically just pass rushers. So they pass rush. They do drop uh, from time to time. Um, but for the most part, they are just stand up edge rushers. So it really is more of a four two five that you're, you're kind of used to. Um, especially with what basically what Sark said on on one of his calls. I don't know. He's had about a billion fucking Zoom calls this year. Um, that guy's that guy's doing the rounds on the PR. He's, oh, for uh, sure. Everywhere. Whoever. I mean, he he knows what he signed up for. He's taken to it like a fish to water. It's pretty yeah. Crazy. Between boosters and players and players' moms and you know basically anybody you can think of, he's been he's been out there. But basically, he said on one of these Zoom calls that um, he said that uh, you won't see a noticeable change from the defense from last year, which I think is music to at least the players' ears, probably recruits' ears as well. And I mean, really, you're you're still going to have those pass rushers, um, even though it's a two man front. It's still going to look a lot like. Uh, what they had under Chris Ash with Joseph Osai would technically be a linebacker, but guess what? He's rushing the passer. Um, yeah. and, and I th- and he's a smart enough guy to at least know where, where his bread's buttered. Yeah. So rumor is not the best recruiter, but we got some recruiting studs, uh, on, on the staff and really from the defensive side, I don't know. The position coaches are really, the ones that, that you're going to be looking for. And I think for the positions that he's going to end up coaching, uh, I think the talent will bring itself. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, Texas does sell itself eventually. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why that Bo Davis hire was so big. Um, because, like I said, with the two-man front, and um, he usually coaches the edge guys, the, you know, the – if it was a four man front, he'd be coaching the two edge rushers. Um, so really you can have Bo Davis do kind of that heavy lifting for him. Um, he's not going to be the guy that's, you know, blaring down walls or knocking down walls and, and, and blaring up phones, but he is going to be the guy that, you know, you get him in front of a, a, a of a film room and he's going to be able to talk to these recruits, relate to them. And, and he, at some point you got to think about it is Washington, you know, it's, it's not the easiest school to recruit to, you know, not that it's a bad school, but you yeah. know, it is, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tougher sell. Like Northwest. It's a kind of weird deal yeah, uh, to play up there. So uh, th- there was a really funny post that I saw and I, I agree with the sentiment a hundred percent. You always want your defensive coordinator to be kind of like the surliest of the bunch just like a fucking mean ass motherfucker. And uh, uh, somebody made a great post where he's like, well, he's got the classic D coordinator resting bitch face. (laughs) Sometimes that's what you need. You know, you just need somebody that's an asshole. Um, You know, I, I, I can't think of a nice face. Vance Bedford is probably the night, the nicest defensive coordinator we've had in a while. And the results speak for themselves at that point. Yeah, exactly. All right, so who do we have left to hire? What's what's going on? What the fuck? I thought we were going to have someone locked in. We delayed the podcast mainly because I got drunk, but actually, you know, we're just going to tell everybody that it's because we yeah. were hoping the hire was going to get made today. Yeah, it wasn't because of whiskey or beer. It was because we were waiting for an inside linebackers coach. But, you know, here we are. Um, there are quite a few names. Um, do we even care? Do we care? I do. So, so on the offensive side, we have recruiting rainmakers, uh, you know, with banks, with flood, um, you know, Coleman kind of remains to be seen, but Drayton, he's great at recruiting his position books out on Milwee, but obviously Sark is going to recruit offense like a motherfucker. So, um, defense, you know, that's where the recruiters should be. So, uh, Bo Davis, fantastic home run, absolute great recruiter, uh, cornerbacks, Joseph, not too sure about him. You know, I hear, I hear positive things. I hear negative things. You know, let's just say he's slightly above average. And I think that's, you know, a, a fair take. And that's then, a fair assessment. Yeah. He's a big time programs. He's exactly some good guys. Yeah. He can recruit. Yeah. And he has some big wins at, at, at Notre Dame, but you know, not maybe not necessarily at, at, 
Texas A&M. So, um, and then Gideon's kind of a complete unknown. Yeah. Gideon can, Gideon can tell a story that nobody else can tell. And I think he'll be, that, that'll be a powerful presence from a recruiting standpoint. Yeah. His dad is a uh, Texas high school football coach as well. So I'm sure that's going to play well, um, especially in state. So I feel really good about Gideon going forward, but you know, you do want another good stud recruiter as well as a teacher at the linebacker position. So I think inside linebacker is going to be a big deal um, for the defense, not just this year, but moving forward, because like we said, PK has no desire to be a, a head coach. He wants to be a lifetime DC. So some of these hires, they might not be these burn and churns that we're used to. They might be two, five, seven, eight year guys. Yeah. So who do we think? Um, we've got Chris Marv, got a name out there from the football brainiacs. Uh, yep. Who else? Who else do we think that that's out there? Yeah. I mean, so we Mike, have Chris it Marv. could be Mike Stoops. Fuck it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I will. Sh- I will shut this podcast down there. We are done. Fuck it. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Yeah, all of this goodwill that you've built and you're going to throw it away on Mike fucking Stoops. Oh, could you imagine? Imagine. Just meltdowns. He would just get yeah. drunk and just spill off shit to Bob, who's just going to feed it to Lincoln Riley. No, we are not. Yeah. We're not going to discuss Mike Stoops on the podcast today. I, I'm I'm sorry to the rest of the Surly listeners. You will not hear Mike Stoops again. Okay, we're good. We're live. We're fucking live, boys. Mother- just ended the podcast. Fucker. And there's breaking fucking news. Fuck. 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 I told my wife that I wasn't going to cuss this much, but Mike fucking Stoops looks like he's going to be the goddamn linebackers coach at Texas. Jesus. I was just trolling. I was just trolling earlier. I was just trolling. I didn't think it was going to be possible. Oh, my fucking. Yeah. So Matt Zenitz, who's an SEC reporter, just posted sources. Alabama analyst Mike Stoops is expected to be hired by Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. Sounds like he'll be the linebackers coach. God fucking damn it. Yeah, I don't know. This is um I this is not the hire that I was wanting to be excited about. I'm willing to give oh, it a shot. I'm not. But... Oh my god. Oh no. I am not excited about this. No, thank <laughs> you. Throw the oh. whole fucking fire fire them and start again. Oh, what I I'm still trying to process it, but just the thought of this dumb motherfucker. Just I mean, he isn't going to be play. He's not going to be calling the plays. No, no way. They let this guy anywhere close to the defensive playbook or scheming or anything as a position coach. Maybe I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's a fine position coach, but the optics I am not an optics guy. I'm not a, oh man, can't hire this guy because of the optics. This motherfucker's last name should have been enough to us not even consider him. Dude, uh, he's old as he's old as fuck. I didn't realize he was 60. I I'm shocked. I'm stunned. I'm pissed. It's Mike fucking Stoops. I'm so I I, Why did we hire some sixty-year-old? I I thought he was younger than that. He's fucking old as shit. I don't understand this move. Well, it's not it's not a done deal yet. It's not a done deal yet. We had to record this because Wikipedia, I literally just Wikipedia we literally just hung up the pod, and then it popped up right then, and nobody else has said it. Nobody else is digging into it, but it's ten thirty-three on on. Thursday and uh, this motherfucker might be our goddamn linebackers coach. Fuck. Well, we're gonna need uh, we're gonna need some of those people that used to be on the dark board to reach out in the DMs. We got to deal with this problem. <laughs> this this is we have wow. to we have to turn to nefarious means. So so I've been chugging. Steve Sarkeesian Kool-Aid for the past two weeks. 
Um, somebody just took a giant sh- liquid diarrhea shit directly into my fucking Kool Aid with this. My Wait, so God. who broke the news? Matt Zenit, who's an SEC reporter, who he has a blue check mark on Twitter. Let's look at this guy. Al dot dot com. All things Alabama, which. Mike Stoops is an Alabama guy, so. Oh, this is. I just don't even want to. Th- I'm gonna. I'm gonna go to sleep and pretend this never happened, and hopefully, I just don't have to put it into the podcast. But if I do, fuck. Yeah, shit. This guy has like seventeen thousand followers and looks legitimate, and it looks like I'm gonna pour myself a thick, thick drink because, good God, Mike Stoops, what? all right we now take you back to your regularly scheduled programming um but uh chris marv from florida state um is a name that was put out by the football brainiacs who've been absolutely on point uh this entire coaching search uh between sark between uh pk i mean it's they they've been nails on this um so he's a name to look out for Looks super smart i don't know enough to comment honestly on him on his resume because he is a young guy um but he looks solid um we've heard bob gregory from washington who was obviously under pk um at washington. A good comfort hire just just some continuity and yep keep the theme yeah. of uh, all your coaches are belong to us <laughs> right yep and so um i think you'd be okay um, I hear a lot of Washington folks talking about, hey, okay, you took PK, take Gregory from us. So um, maybe it isn't the best hire, but at this point, I mean, I'm drinking so much Kool-Aid on the rest of the hires. It doesn't really matter. Um, and then the last name is Johnny Nansen, who word on the street is um, he was actually Sark's drinking buddy up at Washington. Now, that may not be a good hire to make. Yeah, if, uh, if I'm yeah, speculating. Probably not good uh, for for the old alcoholic buddy to come yeah. back into town. Yeah, I don't know if I want to see Nansen and Sark on Sixth Street just yet. Um, but he is he does have that those good old Polynesian ties. Um, which speaking of Jake uh, Jake Lange, um, also staying on staff. Um, he's a oh, that's uh, good. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, he always helps us with the Polynesian folk and I'd be more than happy to get some of those guys in. I mean, even the, the linebacker that transferred out of Tennessee, he's uh he's Polynesian, so can't hurt. Um, but yeah, honestly, th- I think this position's completely up in the air and I don't think any of these nine ninety fivers know what the fuck they're talking about. Um, I don't know. After the PK hired this, I think uh, we're starting to see a little bit of the genius that that is the new Belmont. Uh, it's an airtight ship now. I think the urban stuff, they, they figured out who was leaking uh, yep. all kinds of things. And then I don't know if that was intentional, unintentional, or if that was causational where they're like, fuck it. We just can't have a leaky program like this anymore because everybody seems to be in the dark about pretty much everything at this point. It's great to see. I mean, you know, as much as I want information, you want information, all the fans want information. I'd rather be more excited about when it's announced than the and that it's the right it. and yeah, and that it's the right people. And they've done a, a phenomenal job assembling this staff. Yeah, you know, it wasn't all a bunch of lip service from Sarkeesian when he said, "I want to try and build the best staff in college football," and that was a big topic that we covered in, in episode one and. Here we are two episodes later, and and it's looking like definitely top three staff in the nation and and arguably the best staff in the nation. I fully agree. I mean, it it looks fantastic. Um, It'll be interesting. I mean, so Tosh Lapoy is still out there. I mean, if if they hire him for this last spot, I mean, just good night. I mean, it's done. I mean, that that, so, you know, that's the last name out there. but other than that, I mean, it's just going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I think all the players are going to be pretty content with the staff that's brought in just based on reputation. And then I can't imagine a fan being mad at this staff at this point. I mean, there's there's no Derek Wareheims on this staff. Nope. No losers. No unproven guys. 
Uh, Gideon's as close as that gets, and and he gets so many bonus points and comes so highly recommended that I don't know that 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 really matters. Yeah, I mean, usually I would call uh, Gideon a grand slam, but I think that would just be more about his uh, his Denny's eating than than anything else. Uh, yeah, we've got to come up with uh, both sides of the ball. I think a t-shirt idea that I've got is I want all of the offensive side of the ball with kind of like funny shit and then a defensive side of the ball shirt. And then hopefully some of these coaches have some coachisms that we can make uh, shirts after. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hey, yeah, merch is coming out, surly listeners. We're, we're, we're ready to drop some. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, um, I heard that there's a little bit of the Rona going around. Yeah. It looks like a good old pole assassin and Mr. Banks were in Vegas. I don't know if that's the cause it's all rumors, but yeah, they're all quarantined right now. Everybody's so home. it could be fucking Sark hugging everybody and their fucking dog without his mask on. They could be that. CDC. Oh my God. He is just oh, yeah, he is over. Yeah. He's just humping everybody's leg like a dog. It's crazy. He's everywhere. He's running around. I don't know why he hugs people so high. That's what I don't understand. He, you know, a normal hug, you go in, you know, maybe one arm top, one arm bottom, you know, give a full hug. He's both arms like around the top of your head. Like he's, he wants to touch temple for some reason. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Well, they're going to get over COVID and then we're going to get back to, uh, being super gotta, excited about the yeah we got to hit the recruiting trail and and i will say one more thing about the defensive coordinator talk something that's been bugging me for a long time basically this entire cycle so all the names that we've heard have been you know pete golding from alabama dan lanning from georgia coach boom and jeremy pruitt can you tell me the one thing they all have in common. They're all defensive coordinators. <laughs> That's pretty close. That's pretty close. They're, they're all represented by Jimmy fucking Sexton. This really? Guy, I did not know that. I did not know that. They are all four represented by Jimmy Sexton. So for those that don't know, Jimmy Sexton is the god of agents at getting people paid. He, so every single name that has been floated, all four of those have in some way or another said, Oh yeah, turn it down or they're extenuating circumstances, but they've all been linked through every single Avenue of Texas reporting. There's one name that ties back to them is Jimmy fucking Sexton. That's why nobody's hearing anything is because there's nothing to be heard. Dan Lanning was never offered by Texas. I know this for a hundred percent fact, but did Chip Brown eat that shit? And the Georgia people on their 24 seven boards eat that. So you think that this, you think this guy's, you think this guy's just feeding people crazy shit so that he can get his coaches without question it's the same shit that happens every single year i need need to hire this guy for my he needs to be my fucking agent when surly blows up we are both hiring this guy yeah when when the surly pod blows up we're gonna be oh man i heard i heard rgb3 we're he's gonna go to the 24 7 pod you better pay him (laughs) like this dude is worth his weight in gold i can't imagine having a better agent because literally all he did was he saw a big job open he went to Georgia and said, hey, look, look at all these reports. Texas is talking with Dan Lanning. You should pay him. Okay, here's a contract. Well done. Crazy Bravo, shit. sir. Crazy shit. Crazy, crazy shit. So, more COVID. Fucking basketball games keep getting canceled. We just, we just want to see the horns play. And hopefully this trend doesn't continue and, and ruin the tournament. Because we're still early days in the season and, and there hasn't been a, a season in basketball where it's been worth being excited about in a really long time. And now we're I, getting fucked by COVID. I'm shocked that I want to watch Texas basketball. This is the first time since, I don't know, since 
Kevin Durant that I've literally made this, you know, appointment viewing. And now I don't get to watch them because Iowa State and TCU, even TCU's head coach, they they got the Rona and they can't keep Everybody's the shit in the Rona. Everybody's getting the Rona. We're trying to get vaccines to everybody, but nobody wants to take the vaccines or they keep they're they're getting lost. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Maybe we shouldn't have vaccinated the old people first because they're getting yep. lost on the it's, way to the vaccine. Uh, you know, we're just we're just gonna have to push through. And if if March Madness gets canceled again, I'm just gonna cry at this point because I can't yeah. go another year without it. Yeah, it's the it's got, they should you know what they should do if they cancel it? They should make them play uh the the video game version each and they should let they should work with the video game developers and have a, a way for them to play five on five and control themselves right in the game that'd be pretty that'd be pretty cool for a tournament hey i'm i'm down or just bare knuckle brawling like whatever it takes just give me yeah, whatever something just to whatever watch. it is yeah because basically at this point i'm just i'm just dying because there's no football there's basketball kind of uh, the Rockets are fucking terrible, and 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 now Texas can't even play a game. And uh, baseball still got two months, uh, two months before it's played. So um, until the Astros are back on, just give me something, Shaka. Well, and then you know the NHL is, is all back, but the Stars can't play because they've all got COVID. <laughs> God, everybody was so hyped up about bubbles, 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 and now here we are. It just proves that the NBA did something right whenever it had the bubble and the NHL did something right when they had the little the two little bubbles for the NHL season that they did. Yep. And now and we're trying now to we're you know, exposing we, everybody we back to the elements. How the <laughs> fuck did we not learn anything from the MLB where they canceled all the, half their fucking games? I don't know. Oh, yeah. 60 games. Yeah. All right. So moving on, let's talk about the transfer portal. We've got... Lots of transfers. We've got more players than places to go. What's going on in this transfer portal? Man, things are popping off, both good and bad for Texas. So let's start with the good. Um, Ray Thornton um, transferring from LSU to Texas. He's an edge guy. I guess he's big classified guy. as a linebacker. Uh, yeah, guy. big dude. Yeah, big dude. He was a four star. Um, he originally wanted to come to Texas, actually, under Chuck Strong. Uh, he faxed in his LOI to LSU, told Chuck Strong, hey, I actually want to come to Texas. And he said, well, guess what? You faxed in your LOI. We cannot talk to you anymore. Um, so he's back. You know, things things happened. And I, I think he's a, I think it's a great, you know, even if it is just a depth move. Um, I have a buddy who's a big LSU guy, and uh, he said it's a he, he he was expecting really big things this year from from Thornton. He said he had a, uh, a lot of big plays. He made a huge one, um, a forced fumble sack against Florida and their win, their big upset last year. So uh, he expected big things last year or this year. And um I think he kind of fits the mold uh, pretty perfectly. And he was recruited by uh, Bo Davis um, here. So he wasn't transferring here until we had, or we didn't have a defensive coordinator. He's transferring because of Bo Davis, which I think gives you a little insight into the, uh, uh, how Davis and PK will be splitting up recruiting duties as well. Yeah. So who else who hit the portal at that Jalen green? Yeah. He's getting out of here. So maybe, um, you know, I think there's a chance he stays. Uh, I, I would be sad to see him go. Uh, I know he switched to safety for the Alamo bowl. Uh, I was excited to see what he could become. He was my favorite recruit out of everybody in 2018, uh, that 2018 recruiting class. That was awesome. And he just hasn't lived up to it. I think a lot of that boils down to coaching. I don't think Jason Washington. Yeah. Was a great player coach. development. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's a, he's a physical specimen. Yeah, he's the longest arms of any cornerback on our roster, but yeah, he really just didn't get there here, which is is it's super upsetting and and anybody that ends up getting him is going to get just a I think he's going to be great uh, as long as he's coached up correctly. And then uh the other name we have is Willie Tyler um who opted out this year. He's an offensive lineman. Um I guess he's a guard. I guess he's a tackle. I don't know what you want to call him on the offensive line. Dude is huge. 
not necessarily in a great way. He's he's like six seven, um, but he's like four hundred pounds. I I don't even terrible. I don't even know who this guy is. Yeah, so, so he I, was a ju- he was well. a JUCO. Yeah, he was a JUCO recruit that we got. Uh, I guess two years ago. Um, he was a backup that didn't do anything two years ago, and then he sat out this year and. I mean, honestly, he he never looked like a take to me to begin with. Maybe he was drinking. playing school. Maybe he was playing school. Uh, nah, it didn't look like it. Uh, I mean, there's <laughs> a reason why he's at JUCO. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know what he was playing. I mean, he he might have enjoyed pluckers, but um, yeah, other than that. Uh, but either way, I do think a lot of this is processing. So, as we saw from Sark, um, he literally called basically every single person that opted out a quitter damn near to their face. So this absolutely could be part of it because uh, I believe the only player currently confirmed to come back after opting out this year is Marcus Bimage uh, to play edge. So uh, who's actually going to be really useful this year. But other than that, uh, Willie Tyler, Dejon Harrison, uh, they're probably both gone. All right, let's talk about recruiting and some of the gets, some of the noise that's out there, some of the offers that have been made. They are not, and it really is all gas, no breaks with this staff and this program now. They are going to work. Yeah, at least trying to. Yeah, I mean, at least trying to. So um, we saw Derek Chang got let go uh, last, I guess, last week. Um, They brought in Drew Hughes from South Carolina. Don't know a ton about the guy. Um, which is probably a good thing. Usually you want those guys to be in the background anyway. I mean, you, you hear Brian Carrington, you didn't hear Derek Chang. So um, hopefully Drew Drew Hughes does some good work for us. But um, we had a bunch of new offers come out, and I'm not going to go through every single one, but we also had some pre-offers, which I thought was pretty cool uh, to see some of these guys that, you know, are at least showing genuine, genuine interest in. Um, two of the big ones that I... At this point, I'm calling it. They're both in the class at this point for 2021. Um, David Abiara and Garfield Lawrence. So uh, Abiara, he they're both defensive ends. Uh, Abiara uh, was originally committed to Notre Dame, had an off-the-field issue, which got sorted out. Basically, it was some kind of high school prank gone wrong, I guess. Um, OU was in it heavily early. They backed off after the issue. Texas kind of stayed floating around, but he ended up decommitting from Notre Dame. And then he was actually going to commit to the University of Washington and Coach K uh, before Coach K left Texas. So I'm just going to assume that's a done deal. And then Garfield Lawrence. Yeah, going to be a get probably. Yep. And then Garfield Lawrence, he was a Kansas commit. He was always kind of just sitting there waiting for a good offer. Uh, this kid to me is the highest upside bar none. He, 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 his production in high school is out of this world. So, uh, I think both are good takes. And especially now that we're switching to a new format and we're, we are light on defensive ends, especially now that Jatavion Sanders is going to be playing tight end. Uh, I think, I think taking these guys is, it's not just bodies. Uh, I think, I think they're good takes. Yeah. So, other news, right? We know that Sarkeesian has been reaching out to Quinn Ewers. Um, our, they've they've our been in contact hope. multiple times. They're really starting to dial up this this flirting. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, um, I'll be, well, obviously I'll be disappointed if he's not in the class, but I feel really good about Quinn Ewers getting back in the class. Uh, I know his dad's a big Horns fan. He grew up a Horns fan. There's just so much noise out there right now. How about this? How about all this? Um, I don't want to call it like an interference campaign, but this whole move with Urban Meyer going to the Jags um, and kind of the story being that Urban Meyer can't develop a quarterback to save his life and and having, you know, Ohio State be. Yeah, I mean, with yeah, with Corey Dennis um, leaving as well, uh, you got to think that some of that plays into it, uh, especially with, you know, that's his primary recruiter. I know Ryan Day has a big hand in it, but that's got to play at least somewhat of a factor uh, with Quinn. Yeah, but I mean, what's what's the last 
Ohio State quarterback that went pro and was badass. Joe Burrow, but only after he fucking left. Yeah, I was about to say that's Joe Brady. That's that's not anything to do with them. I mean, really, I mean, Dwayne Haskins, who's been released by the Redskins immediately, or sorry, and who sucked. Can't say the Redskins. Yeah, I can't say the Redskins anymore. But the Washington, Washington football, football team. team. Yeah, <laughs> he got released by the Washington football team, and and yeah, he just signed with the Steelers today for a year deal. But other than that, nobody. Cardell Jones. Oh, they pick him up. They picked him up off of uh, wires. I didn't know that. I, yeah, they just they just signed him to a one year deal uh, earlier today. What uh, a dumbass that guy. What a what dumbass. A, yeah. What an idiot. But anyway, that's just typical. Oh, that's how you talk about Ohio State quarterbacks. They're just stupid people. Yep. That's that's basically all of it. Basically, everybody up in that state is. I, my sister lived up in Cleveland for years, and um, I don't have a lot of good to say about it. All right, so hopefully Quinn Ewers coming back. Um, got LJ Johnson. That uh, we still think it. How are we feeling about that? Any I'm, movement there, one way or the other. I'm feeling better than I thought I was. So last week, um, it comes out that okay, he's going to AM to take a student visit. You can't take a player visit or unofficial visit or any of that, but you can take a visit as a student. So he took a student visit to AM, and people basically flipped all their crystal balls and said, okay, well, he's going on this student visit. He's got to be committing. Uh, He didn't, and he still hasn't to anybody. So I feel better because supposedly this weekend he's going to be taking a visit to Austin, and I think eventually, you know, his head's always been at A&M, but his heart's always been at Texas, and I feel like heart's going to finally win out uh, for us at least. All right, and then we had, right, the state championship game, and uh, I think it went a little bit different than Southlake thought and, and the Quinn Ewers squad thought it was going to go, and we've got Klubnik yeah. in the mix. He looked great. He got re-offered today by Texas. Um, I mean, if if you are going to miss out on Ewers, we can't get him to flip. I think he's the next likeliest candidate to be the quarterback. Um his parents are Aggies, so I do question at least his family's mental makeup, but um, they haven't offered yet. They've only offered one quarterback in Texas at this point, which I won't ever understand because they're stacked at quarterback this year. But um, yeah, I think there's some mutual interest there. And I think, you know, it's one of those, hey, let's keep him warm, um, see what Quinn ultimately does, and then go from there. Yeah, and then uh, we've got Austin Uke. Yeah. He's, uh, in, back in the mix, you know, it's a little bit of flood action. Maybe yeah, finally. Maybe entice some uh, talent to stay. Yeah, a little Texas flood. Gotta love that. Um, so his trainer is Donald Hawkins, uh, who former UT offensive lineman. Uh, he's now a trainer, and... Herb Hand and Tom Herman both felt they were above reaching out to said former Texas lineman who now recruits basically every good offensive line prospect in the state, including Andres Carriage, who's with Texas now. They literally have never talked to him. Uh, unbelievable. Not our coaches. Not the new coaches. Not the new coaches. Kyle Flood talked to him today. They like Kyle Flood. They like Sark. Uh, and that's who his trainer is. Austin Uke's trainer is. Um, so really, I think it's a battle between Texas and Stanford at this point. Uh, Stanford is tough to overcome just with with uh, academics. And I mean, even if Stanford's in the conversation, you you know, you got to kind of talk about academics there. But Texas is still in the conversation. So we'll we'll see how it shakes out. Um, that that'll be a big one. Uh, anything else? Anybody that we're missing? Yeah, we got a, uh, two other guys. So so to tie back to the LJ news, um Kamar Wheaton, uh I don't think it'll be I don't think it'll happen, but Jeff Banks was his primary recruiter. His running back coach just left, Charles Huff, he took the job at Marshall. So do we think we could get the, you know, local kid back in if LJ's in? Maybe. Maybe it's it's definitely something to reach out to. I don't think it's likely, but I do know that Texas probably wants to take at least one more running back in this class. Um, 
maybe not from the high school ranks if they miss out on LJ Johnson, but I can't imagine that, you know, with Kamar Wheaton sitting there uh, being a local kid, you don't reach out to him. And then the last one that nobody's really talking about is Xavier Worthy. Uh, he's a top 100 wide receiver uh, committed to Michigan and he wanted to enroll early. They didn't let him. So they didn't let him enroll early up in Michigan. Yeah. So for some reason, they didn't let him enroll early. So he's trying to get out of his LOI at Michigan. But he's uh, a high school graduate at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's just yeah. sitting there. Yeah. He's he's ready to move up to Ann Arbor. Or at least he was. And uh, basically, he wanted to flip to Alabama because of Sark. But they were full. They couldn't take another wide receiver commit. So he ends up signing his LOI to Michigan. Turns out he can't early enroll. So now Texas is firmly in the mix. And if it's not Michigan, it's Texas. So really, it's all kind of up to Michigan at this point. If they let him out of his LOI, the Brew McCoy style uh, might give give some people some uh, bad memories. But um, if they let him out of his LOI, uh, we should really feel good about it. And this guy has speed for days. So I would love to see that happen. Nice. All right. Let's reach into this mailbag and see what we can pull out. Absolutely. So it's a it's a great question and it's one that every man, woman, and child should be able to answer. Near and dear to my heart, that's for sure. So what is your favorite wing flavor outside of standard buffalo? Oh, that's tough. So I am a huge proponent for wings. Uh, that's, it's my, it's literally my favorite food. Some, some wings, just Buffalo ranch, greatest thing on earth. Uh, besides my family, I love you wife and child, but, uh, my two favorite outside of the favorite Buffalo would be, so I love a good lemon pepper hot, uh, where the lemon pepper is mixed in with I guess, the Buffalo I guess- sauce. A, pre- a precursor question, you know, because, you know, there's the homemade wing flavors, but then, you know, we we know that pluckers is a big thing. It's a big oh, yeah. uh, often UT staple at this point. Um, but then, you know, you got wing stop. You've got a, a few other wings places. So drop that name of the of the, the wing restaurant with the flavor. Oh, I am very, very glad that you said that. So shout out to Wingstop in Sugarland, Texas. So me and all my buddies used to go to Wingstop in Sugarland growing up. So I grew up in Sugarland, obviously. Um, Wingstop on Highway 6, best restaurant on earth. They have a couple other locations. There's one on 290. There's one on 1960. We always went to the one in Sugarland. Uh, they had a flavor. It's called Gold Fever. Gold fever is honey Gold mustard. Fever. Yes. Gold fever is honey mustard mixed with buffalo sauce. It is the greatest sauce that has ever existed on planet Earth. We used to go there, me and my, my buddy Tubbs. Tubbs, if, if, if that's not the name that tells you his wing recommendations isn't fantastic, then I don't know what is. But uh, my buddy Tubbs and I, we went 14 times in a one week span when we were doing two a days. <laughs> you guys ate, how would you eat them out of fucking wings? What is, yeah. Uh... They know our names. They still know our names. All, all the beer glasses in my freezer are still wings and things glasses. Uh, because we used to literally go there every single time we used to do two a days in football. We'd show up in the morning when they opened at 11, we'd eat, you know, usually probably a 10 piece and some fries. Uh, go to afternoon football practice, finish afternoon football practice, then go straight back there. Go back. Oh yeah, and, that, and that's when you're, you know, you really work up the appetite and you get the 16 piece with the with the large fries. Uh, just perfect. Gold fever, wings and things, not wings and more. Wings and things, best place in the world. Um, that's definitely my number one and my my second favorite uh, wing flavor is the spicy garlic at Pluckers. Fantastic. Or spicy garlic parm. Yeah. So I uh I, I'm I'm very partial to to pluckers. 
I don't even know. Um, I one of the things that I love at Pluckers that's not even wings is the tachos. So oh, they're so good. tater tots that are thrown in the kind of nacho style ish, but I mean it's just so so good. But we're talking about wings. We're talking about pluckers. You've got your good old, you know, Baker's Gold, this, and oh, you know, yeah. you've got whatever. But there is a new flavor in town, and it's called Vampire Killer. And if you so like good. garlic, you love Vampire Killer because it is like a garlicky barbecue sauce melody all up in your mouth. The perfect sweet, a little bit of spicy heat. And then you got that garlic kick to finish it off. It's delicious. So good. Yeah, the Baker's Gold, the Vampire Killer, Spicy Garlic Parm. I mean, Pluckers doesn't miss ever. It is so good. It, here's, a, here's a little tip to the Surly Horns listeners. When you get your waffle fries at Pluckers, add the Spicy Ranch seasoning on them. Game changer. <laughs> so the, the other flavor... Um, that I like is actually something you do at home and making your own sauce and, and putting it on wings that you fry. Um, I particularly like to make gochujang from scratch. Oh, and yeah. Put that on fried chicken wings. Uh, oh. But Rick's gochujang. Is, uh, that, sounds, that sounds fantastic. And the, and the gochujang at, at Pluckers is also fantastic. So I'm it is. It's, it's a must. It's a must order. But I wouldn't say that it's um, one of those things that is just like life changing. Yeah, we're going to have to rank our top five Pluckers sauces at some point because, yeah, there's what? we're going to. Well, let's do it fucking live, live. Bring up the menu. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So when we have a live podcast. We'll try and get it done at Pluckers, maybe on a Tuesday or Thursday, so we can get all you can eat. Absolutely, no doubt, because I need it. I need it. We'll just sit there from like just 11 a.m. to whenever they close. Yeah. How many big beers can we get through uh, in that time span? The quality of the podcast. Until, or until they kick us out. How many big beers until they cut us off and kick us out? Oh, yeah. I I would love to set that over under. I'm, guess, I'm guessing... 10 is the over under number and I'm I'm going to take the over. I don't know that I don't know that I could even drink 10 and I can put some down, but it I'd be really impressed. I'm pretty confident, so if, if I'm they about would it. Let us stay past 6. So, moving on, next topic is going to be who are the biggest staff improvements and what's your favorite hire so far? That is a great question. So for me, I think going from Herb Hand to Kyle Flood, easily the biggest improvement. I mean, night and day. I mean, what, what Herb Hand should not be employed by any school, high school, middle school, whatever. He should be serving shitty ass fucking barbecue at Bill Miller's. Or something like that, because what what a terrible, terrible, terrible hire that was. So bringing in Kyle Flood, <laughs> who is just, I mean, just purely proven. I mean, the guy, the, Herb Hand, right now is probably on slaughter right now, slicing up some just overcooked ribs. <laughs> like, but Kyle Flood, he's a beast. I mean, he has skins on the wall, head coach. He has skins on the wall, getting people drafted. I mean, he was the number one. Uh, what I don't know what the hell the award's called, but the uh, recruit, the uh, offensive line coach of the year. So uh, easily, that's the biggest staff improvement. And I think my favorite hire has got to be PK. I mean, I think I think uh, Kwiatkowski was fantastic hire. Uh, it's not on anybody's names, but it's finally a guy that just is going to coach the defense how it needs to just X's and O's just get players where they need to play. I'm going to be super lame here. And uh, I think the biggest staff improvement uh, is Sark himself. Love right? it. Big upgrade, big upgrade on the guy who's going to be calling the offensive plays. Um, if he wasn't going to be the, the head coach play caller, I, I think he'd be excluded, but I, I, 
I think that that is going to be the single biggest uh, change for Texas is having a competent offensive game plan called defense hasn't you know been awesome, but it also hasn't been the problem. It's not like Texas was getting run out of the stadium and getting blown out in point. It's like Texas just could not fucking score some points. Um, the offense looked anemic. It looked all over the place. It was crazy and deranged, and the play calling was just assed here. Um, too many times going forward on weird fourth down scenarios, that goddamn binder. We'll never fucking hear about that shit ever again, right? Please We're God. just going to have good offensive play calling that's schemed out, feed your best players the rock, have them score fucking touchdowns. FTS feed the studs. So um, I know it's a, a you know a, a little bit wonky to to pick the head coach, but he is he's calling the plays. So that's my biggest staff improvement. And my my favorite hire has got to be Banks. Yeah, <laughs> I just think that it's just gonna it's just gonna bring so much joy. As just long content. As he graces us with his presence. Just content. Just pure, beautiful content of pole assassin and, and a monkey, a pet monkey. Yeah. Well, and it turns out the guy can can coach pretty fucking well and and recruit pretty fucking well too. He's had some salty special teams, and uh, I'm really looking forward to this tight end crew and, and seeing what they can do that unlocking the tight end position, I think is going to be one of the most important things that we see happen at Texas. And it's something that's been just completely underutilized and undervalued from a recruiting standpoint, from a player development standpoint, from a play calling standpoint. And I think all three of those things, um, we, we've got the ingredients to make some really great stuff happen at that tight end position. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. Yeah, agreed. I think they have more tight end, more tight end talent than they've had in years and years and years with Wiley and Lybrock and now Jatavion fucking Sanders. I mean, there's so much better help. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even the special teams. I think the biggest thing with the special teams is I've heard people talk about how much of a basically genius he is with just movement and player movement and you know being able to call the right plays and i mean saban's had a big problem with special teams in the past until really banks was on the staff uh i remember that was always his kind of achilles heel so just seeing that and plus pull assassin come on the pod yeah. Yeah. come on come on the pod you're invited let us know tweet at us we're going to tweet at you when we make some swag we can make you that like custom Absolutely. surly horns, burn orange, Versace weird stripper dress thing. Absolutely. We're going to have, we, we, let's have, we, we, I'm already designing the t shirt in my mind. It's just standard t shirt. Bevo is spinning around a pole, throwing up a hookums. It says pole assassin at the bottom. Oh, yeah. She's coming on the pod. Yeah. Got to get it done. All right. Well, I think it's been. A good time so far. Dave, I have literally nothing to complain about, and that says volumes in Texas football. There's just nothing to pitch about. Yeah, I think next uh, next podcast, we're going to be firmly into the offseason. It really just doesn't feel like offseason. We're in late January. Uh, the season's been over for 20 days, right? But, or more. Um, and... I am just now starting to feel like uh, we're entering the off season just because there's been so much excitement with the coaching hires. There's been a lot of movement on the recruiting front and it really just hasn't felt like, Oh man, there's nothing to look forward to. And, and I think we're going to come off of this and come into the spring game with a new level of optimism that I, I you know, I haven't had since, before um you know Shane Bouchelle was on campus I remember going to to that orange and white game and being super super excited to see hey man we've got like some quarterbacks that can actually play now and like that have cannons for arms and uh you know being real excited uh, about that time um I, this has got me amped up and I really am looking forward to what happens this spring and what we learn about you know the new scheme how people are taken to that film room how they're going to respond to the coaching change 
And I think that'll all be pretty apparent and obvious uh, on the field whenever we get that spring game. Yeah, agreed. I think I think just, you know, seeing how things move in the next even couple of weeks uh, on the recruiting front, I think, you know, getting a good head start on the 2023 recruiting cycle is going to be huge, as well as I think there may be some folks portaling, you know, some of, the, some of these guys on the fringe of the roster. There's going to be some dead weight getting shed um, by Sark um in the in the next couple of weeks and, and i'm excited to see it you know not just on a personnel stand standpoint but as well as getting some of that toxicity out uh of the locker room i mean this is the same team that had five out of six captains opt out of the season quitters yeah so i think i think just seeing just some of that toxicity getting moved and and really just kind of getting into the new era of Texas football is, is what I'm most excited about. All right. Well, it's been a show. Uh, I, I don't know if you want to make a bold prediction about what the next week holds. Anything, going any to. big news you want to bet on my big prediction. I'm going to go to RGB three's crystal ball. My crystal ball is LJ Johnson commits to Texas. No later than Sunday. Woo! That's bold. My second one, ready for it? Is I drink heavily tomorrow and Saturday and probably Sunday as well. And we'll see what the rest of the week holds. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh I think you have more control over that bold prediction. Yeah, it's it may it might that second one might not be so bold. Hey, so Here's my bold prediction. We're going to actually record on Wednesday next week. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. It depends. I, I feel like our like wives need to just lock our, our liquor cabinets or something <laughs> for Wednesday. But, hey, well, either way, the pod is still getting released on Fridays, and we should be c- commended for that at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it is. We're We're going to keep to that schedule, even if we have to do it live on a Friday. Hey, you know what? We're going to make it work one way or the other, you know, and, and sobriety is not guaranteed on this podcast. Guaranteed. It's the only guarantee you can make. (laughs) It has, it has been a fairly clean game up to now, but uh, eventually we'll get comfortable enough with the the audience um, to maybe we'll slip in a little bit of substance here. Absolutely. Hey, I'm already ready for the, the 10 beer 10 big beer pluckers uh live recording so <laughs> all right well thanks everybody for listening hook them hook them <laughs>